0: Hello! Welcome to Ono, Ross, and Carrie, the show where we don't just report on fringe science, spirituality, claims of the paranormal. No, 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 no. We take part ourselves.
1: Yep. When they make the claims, we show up so you don't have to. I'm Ross Blotcher,
0: And I'm Carrie Poppy. And today we are here to tell you about our new careers as homeopaths who can uh, treat... He- heal You were going to say heal.
1: No, I don't know what I was going to say. <laughs> COVID-19. COVID-19. Yeah.
0: symptoms.
1: Well, this is Which imp- is different. This is good. We know how to take care of COVID-19 now.
0: symptoms.
1: Because we took a class online called Homeopathy for COVID-19 related symptoms. symptoms.
0: This is important. I'm sure this is all that her... What's the word?
1: This is her whole legal defense?
0: Yeah, yeah. That she says symptoms (laughs) and not the virus itself.
1: How did you find this?
0: You know, I've been getting her emails for a while. Okay. I think she might be the homeopath who works out of the facility where we went and sang The Hue on Lake Avenue.
1: Oh, interesting. Well, um... Who is the she you keep referring to?
0: Ah, uh, yes, the great she, our heavenly mother, Rena Sassy.
1: It says M-A-N-C-H-O-M. and
0: Master of Arts, right?
1: Yeah, but and, also C Hom.
0: Oh, I think I looked this up before. What is that? Some kind A cer- of- certified homeopath. I think that's what it is.
1: Oh, okay.
0: I just googled C H O M homeopathy, and Google was like. Hey, uh, FYI, do you have COVID-19 symptoms? Because you might be going to the wrong place.
1: I love that Google is doing that now. If you look for Kimberly Meredith, Mm -hmm. who you interviewed, now Mm -hmm. it warns you, hey, here's good and reliable information about COVID-19.
0: From Ono, Ross, and Carrie. No, they don't
1: do that. (laughs) Look at this instead. The CDC. Yeah, a lot of our web searches now trigger these little warnings like, hey, were you looking for good information? Because you're not using good search terms.
0: So at the Homeopathy School of Colorado, I see that they have a professional certification program to earn a certificate of homeopathy, and that makes you a chum.
1: Okay. Well, Rena Sassy is a chum. She is also the co-founder of Healing Studio Online.
0: She discovered that.
1: I hope she did. But she's not just the co-founder. She's also an I instructor. Remember? So yeah, you found this. You forwarded it to me, and you said, what do you think? Should we learn homeopathy and be able to treat COVID-19 Symptoms. symptoms. For $55 a piece? And I said, of course. Well, of, why wouldn't we? Of course
0: we do. Why would we do anything else with our time?
1: This is the life we chose for ourselves. I went to their site to sign up. And I- if
0: you're listening to this in the future, just a reminder, we, we recorded this during the COVID-19 pandemic, so you may hear sirens. We can't hold for all of them cool situation.
1: Yeah. On their website, I saw other classes for stress management and immune boost.
0: Okay. Nice.
1: Immune system boot camp.
0: Okay. That sounds like you're going to like make me eat my boogers or something that exposes me to. Oh, right.
1: (laughs) I remember once at my dad's wedding with my stepmother, my cousin, still a baby, dropped a hamburger that he was eating in the dirt and his mom just Picked it, picked it up, lightly lightly shook it, and handed it back to him.
0: Wow. And I,
1: that always stuck with me afterwards, like, wow, you can do that?
0: Do you think that's that, what that song is about? Pick yourself up, dust yourself off, start I, all over again.
1: Oh, uh, I don't know that song.
0: Okay, sorry. Uh, don't be. That feels gross, but maybe it's not. Yeah. Yeah, maybe he's just got a healthy... Microbiome going well, on after that. Yeah, that's that stuck in my head. Is like,
1: you know what? Yeah, we need to yeah, eat things fine. off the ground every now and then. <laughs> I'm kind of known for that, actually. Make a point
0: of eating things if, off the ground. If
1: something falls on the ground, people realize, like, ah, Ross will eat it.
0: Mm-hmm. One time I got tasked with writing an article. I was, I was on the Science Beat of this website. I was asked to write an article (laughs) that was basically like the scientific version of the five-second rule. They wanted to know how long can something be on the ground before it (laughs) is.
1: Oh, yeah. I think the Mythbusters Uh addressed this once. And essentially, there's kind of a quick ramp up of bacterial
0: Uh, influx.
1: And then it's fairly constant.
0: I'm glad they got a straight answer. I contacted a bunch of microbiologists, and they were basically like, Get a different job. Why are you guys riding this
1: <laughs> Wow, that's an interesting response. <laughs> yeah, more response. or
0: less. They were like, this is stupid.
1: Okay. Well, um, I like to anyway. think that the immune system boot camp is precisely as you described.
0: Eating boogers.
1: Yeah. And then I also saw they had homeopathy for families online course. And that one was $99.
0: Whoa. Almost twice as much.
1: Yeah. So those were some of the courses available on Healing Studio Online. It wasn't like there was a huge selection of courses to choose from, and they only have six instructors listed, including the two co-founders. So yeah, oh, wow. Guess you can't teach too many classes.
0: Who's the other co-founder? Is it a man with a French name?
1: Yeah, Pierre Etienne Vanier.
0: Okay. I'm not positive, but I think that might be her husband. No. Oh. He is on her Business license. He filed her business license. Oh,
1: interesting. Okay. Well,
0: it's not a positive or negative, but I'll allow it. Maybe. So, when she sent this initial email, Mm -hmm. at the very top, there is a quote from the East Virginia Medical School.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Where this doctor apparently said, natural seems to be the best course. So it was this critical care team at the Eastern Virginia Medical School that were responding to COVID-19, and they had released a document of sort of best practices they had learned And in there, there is a line that says, natural seems to be the best course.
1: Well, that sounds like it's in favor of homeopathy.
0: Uh, Case closed. (laughs) Yeah. If you have, you know, a very limited understanding of the word natural, that's true.
1: And you only listen when you hear what you want to hear and then you stop listening.
0: And you take a several page document and pull out one (laughs) sentence.
1: Okay. Okay. So
0: I went and looked at that document, which she hadn't linked to, but I went and found it. And You know, it's all standard medical protocol, but the doctor was just acknowledging we have limits in our understanding at this point, Mm, mm -hmm. and you don't want to go for this, like, high-intervention approach when you don't know how much you're going to help. If you still have a chance to let the body take its course naturally without putting a respirator on, that's what you should do when the person's on the verge of death and they need a respirator, turn to that.
1: Okay, yeah.
0: But there was nothing Nothing about, you know, avoiding typical conventional medicines.
1: So or. you're saying this quote was taken out of context.
0: I feel that it was.
1: Did you check on this, though?
0: I did. <laughs> but as a wonderful, great storyteller, I will tell you about that in a little bit later.
1: Okay. All right, so $55 later and a, a waiver that just essentially said, I'm not going to come after you for anything that happens here. Sure. I was signed up. You were signed up.
0: I was signed up, baby.
1: And it was going to be a Monday and a Wednesday. Smack dab in the middle of the day for us Pacific Time folks. So it was going to be 12 to one thirty.
0: And she is also here on the West Coast.
1: Very difficult when you only have a certain lunch break. So I was going to go on Monday and you were going to go on
0: Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah. It's just how it worked out. Perfect. She also shared a Google Drive folder with everybody, so if we missed a day, we could go back and view the video, which is always really nice. Oh,
1: yeah. So, much appreciated. Thank you very much.
0: And once she hears this, I'm sure she'll be really glad she did that. hmm And in the class description, it says, we will learn the science and practical application of homeopathy so that you can successfully manage the symptoms of colds, flus, coughs, or COVID-19-related symptoms at home. Cool. Yeah.
1: By the time I was able to join in on the call on Monday, April 13th, myself and the instructor and then five other people.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Like I was joining nine minutes late and someone else was still trying to get on. So thankfully, they hadn't really started the class. They were still trying to figure out the technology. And one of them had the last name Sassy. So I was wondering, is that a relic? Uh Is that a relative?
0: She was there on day two and I asked that question.
1: Oh, okay.
0: I'll tell you. Hey, we'll in day find two. out.
1: Okay. So, and then someone was just listed as iPhone. This was a Zoom meeting and mm. all of us had had our microphones muted. So, our way to interact was to write in the chat. Right. And I would say I was one of the most active chat participants. Nice. Most of us were just kind of watching along. Uh, so, yeah, a small group that had paid $55 per person for access to this. And one of the first things that was going on was just people sharing on the chat what they're thankful for. That's nice. Yeah, that's nice. So uh, I inputted that I was thankful for all the time I get to be spending with my family and Ah. that I have work to do. That's a luxury right now.
0: Oh, definitely. That's interesting because when I watched the video later, I was like, oh, I wonder what Ross will say. And I thought maybe you weren't there yet. She didn't say your name and what you were thankful for.
1: Well, now you know. Now I know. So she started getting into what homeopathy is. And, you know, I'll say, I feel like I did learn a lot about what homeopathy teaches from this course mm-hmm. that I didn't quite understand before. Sure. So uh, already glad I did it. She clarified that homeopathy is a method into and of itself. It's, you know, it's separate from Chinese medicine. It's separate from Ayurvedic medicine and a very different paradigm from allopathic medicine. Yeah. We've used that term before. That's just what we would call... Kind conventional established medicine. Established conventional medicine, right?
0: Yeah. Seems like that word is not, it, it's weird. It's not necessarily poo pooing conventional medicine, but they are the only people who use it. So right. it's one of those ding, ding, ding.
1: As soon as someone says that, yeah. Yeah,
0: you just know, oh, okay, you have a certain point of view where you heard this word. Right. When, it's a pretty uncommon word.
1: When someone starts talking about irreducible complexity, mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, all right, you have a certain vantage point on the evolution versus creationism versus mm-hmm intelligent mm. design debate. Okay. I see where you're oh, coming from. Oh, we're going to
0: be talking about the bacterial flagellum already. Okay. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, hemoglobin evolution. Okay. <laughs> uh, so yeah, she said we're going to talk about the scientific principles of homeopathy. Okay. Uh, I'd love to hear them.
0: And we should say we've done a couple episodes that involved homeopathy. And by a couple, I mean, probably five, six. So we're not going to go too deep here, but Go ahead and back up and listen to some prior episodes if you want more of a homeopathic deep dive.
1: Yeah. And uh, so she had this presentation that she was running on her screen. It was a Prezi, if you've ever seen one of those before. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you kind of build this visual outline of all the topics that you're going to discuss, and they're all in these distinct bubbles, and then the website kind of zooms into a subtopic. It's fun, it's visual, and I think uh, enhances memorization. So, all good.
0: It's a lot like clicking around a Google map.
1: Yeah, that's right. And she was saying that it had been co-opted from a presentation that had been that homeopathy for families, the ninety-nine dollar ah, one. Okay. And every now and then she would go to explain something in more depth and say, "Oh shoot, I think I took that part out." Mm,
0: She'd right. Been kind okay. Of
1: weeding it for this ah, course—that's
0: what she was mentioning. Okay.
1: But you know, it looks nice. So you're zooming around all these little bubbles, and there's a smaller bubble floating, and then you, you know, jump over to that one. And it gets bigger.
0: Mm-hmm. I
1: like it. Good. So any discussion of homeopathy, of course, has to begin with the founder, and maybe discoverer.
0: Some might say.
1: Of homeopathy. Samuel, Samuel Hahnemann. Hahnemann, a German fellow in the late 1700s. He was the one who had been a physician and rumor has it he was upset with some of the practices of the time like bloodletting. And mm-hmm. you know what? I, who can blame him? Yeah. Medicine was really touch and go in the <laughs> 1700s. So he started developing his own system of homeopathy.
0: And I guess he felt that it was in particular lacking in scientific principles, the existing medical paradigm. I just thought this was very funny. On her slide, she wrote his name and then lacking scientific principles.
1: <laughs> A Freudian slide. sure. But before she even went into him and his philosophy behind homeopathy, she made this claim that's just, I don't even know how I would look this up. She said that in the time of the Spanish flu, that 30% of deaths were people who had been treated allopathically mm-hmm. so by the medical establishment and you know that spanish flu of 1918 just killed millions of people it was a horrific pandemic mm-hmm. but she said that for people who were treated homeopathically only 1% died
0: well guess you figured out where we could find that information oh,
1: good <laughs> you you found the source of that
0: i did so i paused it i Enlarged the screen. I found the source. I found that source. Boy, it took some time. But okay, she is referencing a real thing that happened. I'll give her that. Okay. So, according to the tiny print on the slide, the House of Commons, obviously, this happened in the UK, mm. the House of Commons requested a report comparing the two treatments, homeopathic and allopathic, if you will. Okay. But then suppressed the results when homeopathy came out on top, saying including homeopathy would skew the results. And then that was presented as like a conspiracy.
1: Okay. Now now my hypothesis here is maybe you had a lot more people who were treated by Hmm. conventional medicine and maybe a very small sample size treated by homeopathy.
0: Very interesting theory. Yeah, I wrote down in my notes before I went to check. I said... I don't see in this graph the number of people in homeopathy group versus allopathic (laughs) group. That might
1: be relevant information.
0: (laughs) Or how far along in their disease the people were. Or if anyone belonged in both groups. Like if you got homeopathy and then got really sick and went to get real medicine and then died because you were really sick by then. Okay, yeah. Okay, so all the graphs appeared to be taken from wholehealthnow.com. Sounds like a
1: legitimate source.
0: (laughs) Right. They had actually mentioned their source, though. So it was an article by a homeopath by Michael Emmons Dean in the Journal of the Royal Society of Medicine. He did sort of a historical write-up on what happened. And so, indeed, according to their source, the allopathic figures included over 20,000 patients, while the homeopathic figures account for 568. Wow. Okay. So, so yeah. Which and- is
1: a, a decent in size. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But if you're talking about getting an average, the 19,000 plus is going to be far more useful pool of data.
0: Totally. And then all of the data was basically self reported, and mm. the homeopathic centers were never actually visited by the city, the person who went around and made sure you were doing everything right. Okay. The city, that guy.
1: So no oversight.
0: Yep. So, it is true that they reported
1: that death rate. So, if true, very impressive. Mm -hmm. But...
0: Mm -hmm. If these self-reported statistics on a much smaller sample size are accurate, then that's something. uh,
1: Okay. All right. Well, thanks for looking that up. You're welcome. We'll leave it to you, the listener, to determine whether that was honest reporting a hundred years ago. (laughs) But I could easily imagine the homeopath saying, "Uh uh-oh, okay, these... You know, five or six people died under our tutelage while they were here. We have to admit those were deaths. But those other people, they went off home. They died. We never saw. We didn't follow up. We don't know.
0: Or they went to the freaking hospital down the street and got counted in their numbers. (laughs) Right.
1: Yeah. I would suspect something like that. Call it a bias. So then she was kind of turning around and dinging the medical establishment on COVID 19, saying, well, they don't have any medicines for COVID 19 yet. Then she was starting to talk about a no-sode.
0: Ah, yes.
1: That could be helpful fighting against COVID-19.
0: Thank goodness.
1: Called leptospirosis. no of leptospirosis.
0: Oh, man. Is that what it was? I've heard that word so many times. What is leptospirosis? Typing. Um, leptospirosis.
1: I would think of like lepidoptery, like butterflies. I doubt it has anything to do with that.
0: <laughs> it is a bacterial disease that affects humans and animals Caused by the bacteria Leptospira. I think that's one of the foodborne pathogens that you hear about. Like, oh, they had to recall a bunch of cantaloupe. okay. Had leptospirosis. I'm just talking out my ass, but I think that's right.
1: Hmm. She did link to a NIH PubMed article. When I go there, it gives me a warning. COVID-19 is an emerging, rapidly evolving situation. Get the latest public health information from the CDC and research from the NIH. But... Yes, there was a large-scale application of highly diluted bacteria for leptospirosis epidemic control.
0: Ah, yes, I did
1: look at this. Conclusions. The homeoprophylactic approach was associated with a large reduction of disease incidence and control of the epidemic. The results suggested that the use of HP as a feasible tool for epidemic control. Further research is warranted.
0: Yeah, so I think this is one of the studies she'll mention a few times that are out of Cuba that seem to be pretty controversial.
1: Okay.
0: I'm not smart enough to summarize them, but she brought up a lot how Cuba is using these protocols and as I was going around trying to make heads or tails mm. of that, I kept seeing scientists I know and respect saying, well, OK, but okay. Cuba has a habit. <laughs> Cuba's got a habit uh-huh. um, of sort of tr- treating people with natural medicines and claiming success when the data is not all there. OK. Um, but I don't know. I'm- so,
1: uh, So this is from 2010. It looks like the studies were done in Cuba in 2007. So this is not from covid-19 but it's for managing a different situation mm. all right so it's one data point that does sound promising yep. but it is one data point
0: sure and a no so by the way is basically homeopathies claim to a vaccine so the idea is that they dilute the actual pathogen down to a really tiny amount and then give you that and then your body learns how to react to that pathogen now we do? Which is
1: so similar to the idea of a vaccine. <laughs>
0: right. We have a version of this that works and we call them vaccines.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. Where you know exactly how you are introducing either a disabled form of the virus that has just the right markers on it still that the body can build up an immunity to that mm-hmm. in a safe fashion and then fight the real thing when it shows up. Or there's various other ways that you can kind of do the same thing with a live virus, a weakened virus. It differs from vaccine to vaccine. But, you know, we know the mechanism there. Whereas in this case, it's a little bit more of the sympathetic magic thinking.
0: Yeah, assuming that there really is no active ingredient in the no Of course, if you were giving people like an actual bit of the pathogen, mm-hmm. then yeah, you know, some people would become immune and some people wouldn't and you'd probably make them very sick.
1: But that's where it's nice to know that it is homeopathically prepared because the chance that there is an actual pathogen in the substance is vanishingly small.
0: And that is because of the principles of homeopathy. Yeah, let's
1: talk about those.
0: So the first principle of homeopathy, of course, we all know, like cures like.
1: The law of similars.
0: So you've heard us talk about this a million times if you listen to the show, so we'll be quick. But the idea is in a healthy person, a certain substance might make you sick. That Mm -hmm. same substance is going to make you better if you're ill. Mm -hmm. So
1: In a very small amount.
0: Right, in a tiny, tiny amount. So if my arm has swelled up to high heaven and it hurts to touch and it's bright, bright red, Ross might say, I know just the thing to do. I'm going to take snake venom Mm -hmm. and I'm going to dilute it a bajillion times until there's basically none left in the water in which I diluted it. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to inject that into your arm because like cures like.
1: That all sounds eminently reasonable. Mm-hmm. This was Samuel Hahnemann's big innovation to claim that like cures like, and that you could somehow, by diluting this substance, make it affect this system, which we'll kind of describe in more detail. So that's one of the laws here. And here, this is where we talk about laws versus theories. Sometimes mm. you just say something is a law and that doesn't make it any more... <laughs> reliable. But she pointed out another law that lies behind homeopathy, and that is the law of dynamis.
0: Mm -hmm. Which basically means you have an energy body.
1: So it's this vital force that animates the human body. There's been many... Terms for that, like the elan vita. It seems like every kind of spiritual philosophy has its own name for that. The chi, you know, Mm -hmm. there's many different terms for essentially a life force. Mm -hmm. It's, It's sort of like dark matter, I guess, except not as well backed up by scientific observation but it's sort of a placeholder in that sense where it's like well we know there's this thing that makes people live let's call it the life force and we'll figure out how to measure it later
0: i don't know anything about dark matter but i'm now gonna assume it's the human soul (laughs) oh no (laughs) thank you ross i got a tiny bit of information and i'm running come back Carrie. no no come back
1: come back i didn't communicate that well (laughs) oh by, by the way as she was describing the law of similars, she had a very interesting example. She said, it's kind of like Ritalin.
0: It's exactly like Ritalin, yeah. So it's not.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know as much about this as you do, so maybe you can uh, kind of address this, but essentially she was saying, first of all, Ritalin is very dangerous. I don't recommend it for children. That's what she said. But then she hastened to kind of unpack her metaphor, and she said that Ritalin does all the same things that a person with ADHD is already experiencing. Mm-hmm. So they have the hyperactive focus. And she was asking us to kind of contribute these different aspects racing heart, and maybe weight loss, sort of a nervous energy. And she said, Well, that's exactly what Ritalin does. And they give it to the person.
0: And she said, And do you know, does anybody know what Ritalin is? What's it? Ritalin is methamphetamine, it's speed. <laughs> Uh, so they are chemically similar, Mm -hmm. but I mean, there are a lot of prescription medicines that you could take recreationally and fuck yourself up. (laughs) That doesn't mean anything. Mm. And also, yeah, dosage matters. Where you got it matters. Mm -hmm. You make it out of cold medicine from the street. Yeah. Yeah. A lot more dangerous than, uh, taking Ritalin from your doctor. She's so close to a good idea here, mm. you know, mm-hmm. like homeopathy. Uh, every time I think about it, I'm like, okay, you just missed the part that this all has to be before you get infected, mm. because it is true if you encounter something and give your immune system time to practice with it, mm-hmm. it gets better at it, like practicing anything.
1: Like we were just saying, the idea of a vaccine, a vaccine? is very similar.
0: Right, right.
1: And the law of similars tells us you should get vaccinated.
0: <laughs> yeah, it should, right? <laughs> so she gives this Ritalin example, and then on her slide next to the Ritalin was a big onion. Uh-huh. And I was like, ooh, yeah, which would I rather have, Ritalin or an onion? Oh, yeah, great example. But she's telling us all this, and then is like, but anyway, don't take Ritalin. I was like, well, you can't get, You're speaking out of both parts of your mouth. You can't be like, this is a perfect example of what I'm describing. Don't take it.
1: Oh, yeah, good point. Yeah. Well, I guess because... They haven't prepared the Ritalin homeopathically. Mm. If they had...
0: It would be as strong or stronger.
1: Yeah. That, that would be interesting if you made a homeopathic preparation of Ritalin.
0: Mm-hmm. You could do that. You could.
1: But she recommended for the exact same symptoms, it's all about the symptoms, to give someone onion. And that is if you see a homeopathic remedy that is titled Allium Cepa, C-E-P-A. Yeah. That is using onion that has been diluted, diluted, diluted. Uh, she asks us kind of that leading question: What happens to you if if you have an onion, you know, and you slice it? Uh, crying? <laughs> yeah, you know, your eyes water, and and that's very similar to what we're talking about with the ADHD. So we use that.
0: Yeah, but, well, what? she, <laughs> I kind of know where she was going with this. She quickly mentioned hay fever. I. I think ADHD and allergies are often comorbid, so maybe that's where she was getting out, or maybe I am drawing together things uh, for her benefit that she did not mean to. Hey,
1: okay, well, that makes more sense, the way you say
0: it. I should teach this.
1: And then she unpacked the law of dynamis about the vital force, and she said, and this was all corroborated by Albert Einstein when he discovered (laughs) E equals MC squared. (laughs) See, all energy is matter.
0: Let's get him on the phone.
1: Ah, that's all. That's all we had to do to establish that. Yes, there is a life force that animates us. I thought that was quite the bit of prestidigitation. <laughs> I noticed she was also talking about disease, and she kept enunciating it. Disease.
0: dis-ease. Yeah,
1: I like it actually. That's kind of fun because I mean that's where the term comes from. I'm not feeling at ease. Yeah,
0: totally. Disease.
1: And the and the doctor is there to tell you at ease, soldier. <laughs>
0: Oh, it hurts when you do that? Don't do that. Um. <laughs> so then she showed us the hierarchy of dis-ease. And it is a triangle, a pyramid, if you will.
1: Yeah, very much like the Maslow's hierarchy of needs. If you think of like your basic needs at the bottom, you need food, you need shelter. And then as you get higher, you need respect and community. And then as you get even higher, you, you can get to your self-attainment, Sex, self-actualization. Fucking, <laughs> <is>. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas on this pyramid, at the bottom you have the physical physical then you work your way up to
0: emotional
1: okay and then the next rung is mental. mental and at the very cap of the pyramid
0: spiritual
1: spiritual and so your disease starts in your energetic body right and and so homeopathy and this was this was kind of new to me so i didn't really understand it. it homeopathy rather than addressing the physical Body, They're looking at what is your spiritual body that we just proved with Einstein. What is it lacking? Let's address that. And at least by way of analogy, we have a certain logic. You know, if you Mm -hmm. knock over your almond milk on the table and it spills onto the ground, don't start mopping up the ground first. First, fix the glass, put it upright, clean the the surface so that it's not going to keep dripping down. Mm -hmm. Take care of that First. And mm-hmm. then clean up the floor. Mm-hmm. And you don't need to cry over any of that <laughs> unless there's an onion nearby.
0: So you're saying... If I hope there, this all
1: makes sense now.
0: <laughs> You're saying that if there were going to be a pandemic, it might make more sense to control the cases that are already in existence, then let them spread and then triage all the worst cases one at a time in a widespread fashion when you don't have enough... PPE or doctors to do it.
1: It sounds logical when you say it that way. Yeah, you might want to cut off the transmission first and make sure the situation's not getting worse. And then treat all the people who have uh, the disease. Yes. Boy, if
0: only we had received a warning. <laughs> um, huh. Yeah. No, that makes sense as long as you have the cause right.
1: Exactly. So if that is true, if disease really starts with the energetic body, then yeah, that makes sense to to try to suss out what that energetic cause is and address it. And that's that's how they're looking at this.
0: Mm-hmm. Then it gets confusing. This is how it always is, right? At first you're like, you know what? Okay, okay. I'm feeling you. Oh, now you're giving me examples and nope, nope, this doesn't work. So she says they start in the energetic body, which Mm -hmm. suggests to me starting somewhere around the spiritual level. Yeah. But- She said the more physical the symptoms, the more superficial the disturbance.
1: I guess there's some sort of handshake that's happening here between the physical and the energetic body, Mm -hmm. and that you can have these very minor, easily treatable things that are just more physical. Mm -hmm. Uh, Right. They're just kind of surface level. So they, they might be easier to treat, but they're not as important, and it's the deeper more significant energetic things that you really need to focus on.
0: I know. Okay. But if it starts in the energetic body, yes, then a superficial disturbance would have to still be in the energetic body.
1: I think I see what you're saying now. So my thought is that if you're seeing that kind of surface level manifestation, it's the tip of the iceberg that's pointing oh. to something more significant. That's how I was understanding oh, her. Oh,
0: interesting. So I sh- bet both of these explanations work for her.
1: Whatever is convenient at the moment, maybe. But yeah, my understanding was, oh, sure, we can put a Band-Aid on that, but let's really focus on the okay. deeper energetic okay. issue.
0: I'm sure one of these or both of these are correct, even though they're in opposition.
1: But the important concept about homeopathy here again this was kind of new to me and i and i like that she clarified it as such is that homeopathy is not about diagnosis right Uh, so they're just they're not interested in finding out what caused it or giving it a name of a disease they're all about identifying symptoms and treating those symptoms right and there's kind of a system for saying okay what is the symptom and then which of these little preparations are known to treat that
0: which for me at least feels inconsistent. The most important thing for you to know is that we figured out the origin of the disease. It's your energy body. Now, we don't believe in figuring out the origin of diseases, (laughs) Uh just their symptoms.
1: Yeah, I guess it's not so much about naming it or giving it like a title. Like, oh, you're experiencing this. Uh It's like, oh, you have a little cocktail of fever and sweatiness, and we're going to treat all those kind of differently. And we have this huge cocktail or potential cocktail of different homeopathic remedies. And each one is supposed to handle different things. And so individualization was another key yeah. uh, concept here. So so you, Carrie, are sniffling in front of me and you're kind of red and flush. Oh. Oh, Carrie just got really sick all of a sudden. (laughs) So then I start looking through my pharmacopoeia here and saying, okay, well, I have this thing that actually, oh, this treats both flush and the feverish part. And so if you were maybe flush and clammy, Mm -hmm. Uh, then I might choose a different one that kind of intersects with those better. And even on this particular intersection that is Carrie, there might be six or seven different things that kind of are in that neighborhood. So maybe I grab a couple of them or one of them that I trust and know well. Right. Good? We good? Does that all make sense?
0: Oh, yeah. No, it makes perfect sense. Oh, she did differentiate here between chronic disease and acute disease.
1: Right, uh, this felt like just her stalling for time defining something that I should think everybody would understand.
0: <laughs> well, it was, I think, mostly to say that we, the people in this room, can start right away with treating acute diseases. Mm. But it's the chronic stuff that you do want to send someone to a trained homeopath okay. to deal with. And she said, but I encourage you to start doing this right away, meaning treating acute disease. And she said, whether it's COVID-19 or not, because the more practice you get, the more successful you are becoming as that lay homeopath.
1: Okay. Again, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. You know, as long as we assume these basic principles. Yeah. Okay. That's logical. Well, Carrie. Yes. I'm I'm enjoying this class that we're in. Me
0: too. God, I hope nothing takes me away from it.
1: Well, having learned that like cures like.
0: Okay, I'm listening.
1: I'm wondering about the theory that fun begets fun.
0: Interesting. Okay.
1: And I have some data for you.
0: Okay, all right. I'm willing to listen to the data. Okay. So Just I, yes. as long as it confirms my previously held convictions okay. and does not shake them at all.
1: Well, here's what I got for okay. you. Okay. With the app Best Fiends, mm-hmm. you can have a whole barrel of fun on your phone.
0: Oh, I completely believe this. This fits in with my pre-existing beliefs, so I'm ready to hear more.
1: Okay. Hey, awesome. I play this game, and I can tell you a lot of things about it, Carrie. First yeah. of all, doesn't require an internet connection. That is nice. I mean, once you've downloaded it. It's a free sure. download. You get it on your phone. Mm-hmm. But then you can play on the subway mm-hmm. or in a subterranean bunker. Okay. You never know where you'll find yourself. Kimmy
0: Schmidt could play this game.
1: I'll watch Kimmy Schmidt sometime after I watch Breaking Bad.
0: Breaking Bad's more important.
1: Okay. Well, anyways, Best Fiends is, it's a puzzle game. But okay, it's all, I like puzzles. So you're you're solving a puzzle with each level, but you're also getting achievements. You're adding new characters. You're okay. leveling them up. Nice. There's there's a lot of pieces to this, and so as you level up, you gain more powers. You gain new characters. They gain special powers. You can solve more difficult puzzles, and it's really fun.
0: And does your strategy evolve as you've been playing this? So long? Yeah,
1: because there will be new obstacles, new things that you need to incorporate. So you know, sometimes you're clearing logs. Or sometimes you're helping little uh, chick eggs get to the bottom of the screen. Yeah. And uh, over time, you get these new things that behave in new ways. So you're like, oh, how do I deal with this one that changes all the colors around it?
0: So you're like the little god of this world.
1: You know, if you're drunk on power like that, sure. But yeah, I, <laughs> gu- I guess you are. So it's fun. It's colorful. You've got pretty cool graphics. Even they've got like some animated shorts that go with it. Pretty high quality.
0: It has nice bright colors. Uh, it reminds me of Goof Troop. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: totally. I can see that. Yeah, I'm well into the 800s now, and the levels that is. So mm-hmm. uh, I'll play it while I'm kind of sitting and watching a movie, or uh, you know, if I just need a little break away from everything else. This okay. is
0: and there's cute little characters. Do you get more as you play, or yeah. have they all been the same?
1: I've got a bunch. You know, it's funny. You'll get to certain levels, and it'll say, it'll say, you can you can unlock this if you've already collected say 12 characters and mm. gotten them all to level 15, and I always have already passed those requirements because i got a lot. See, look at this. Here's, here's my uh, green Whoa. characters. Yeah. And then here's my red characters. Whoa. Yeah. Here's my purple, purple characters. characters. There's Rue's one of my favorites. And of course, Bam. He's probably. Oh, he's cute. He's my all time best epic fiend. But then there's my yellow. See, I'm only missing two yellow characters.
0: My goodness. But
1: see, look at that. I've been busy.
0: Yeah. No wonder Best Fiends has over 100 million downloads and tons of five-star reviews. Clearly, Best Fiends is a must-play. They have thousands of levels already. They have new levels, events, and characters added every month. And it's hours of fun right at your fingertips. And you can even play offline.
1: With over 100 million downloads and tons of five-star reviews, Best Fiends is a must-play.
0: So download Best Fiends free on the Apple App Store or Google Play.
1: That's friends without the R. Best Fiends! Some other important points you made about homeopathy is that symptoms really are our friends. Mm -hmm. We should see them that way. Like, oh, this is helping me as a signpost that's going to tell me how to get to the root of the problem, wherever it is on the energetic level. And also that the approach should be holistic. So we're looking at three different aspects of the person their mental their emotional and their physical selves and not just the physical you know as the industrialized medicine uh, mm-hmm. establishment wants you to right objectify a person right okay so how does homeopathy get made
0: so you take that substance that like cures like substance mm-hmm. so in my example that was snake venom
1: yes and it's usually a mineral animal or plant. Which yes. doesn't leave too many options. That's
0: correct. Well, I it guess it be leaves a fungus? water, which is what you end up with. Okay. Yeah. So you take that substance, you put it in what's called the mother tincture. So this is your first vial of homeopathic medicine. I don't know why I like mother. this term, but mother tincture. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's like the mother of bread or whatever. <laughs> um. And you take that and you take one drop out of that jar and you put it in, a that one drop, you put in a new jar full Mm -hmm. of water and then you succuss. This is very important. You shake the dickens out of it.
1: Now let's discuss succuss. Okay. Because this is a term I don't think I've ever encountered outside of the world of homeopathy. Oh, that's a good
0: point. Yeah. I'm going to look up, I bet, okay, if I look up succussion, bet you anything, Google will be like, do you mean the show Succession? Let's see.
1: Okay. Or it might say, if you're looking for information about COVID-19, please refer to the CDC.
0: Did you mean Succession?
1: Oh, hey, (laughs) okay. All right.
0: fun. Oh, interesting. Succussion is used in uh, <laughs> gastroenterology because of succussion splash, which is a sloshing sound heard through the stethoscope during sudden movement of the patient on abdominal oscillation. Hey. It reflects the presence of gas and fluid in an obstructed organ.
1: Okay. Well, there you go. Multiple uses of the term succussion. So uh, this was also kind of news for me cuz i've always pictured when someone's preparing one of these remedies and her picture made it look like this too that you have like a voss water jar oh, uh-huh. bottle or something like that that you know is filled with water and then you drop one drop of the substance into that and you shake it up yeah and then you take one drop of that and you put it into another similar cylinder of water
0: And or alcohol, yeah.
1: But what she was saying was that it's one drop combined with 99 drops of pure alcohol. Oh, okay. And that's a 1C preparation. So C, kind of like the Roman numeral for 100. And then you shake that up. And it seems like usually, she didn't get into the number of shakes, but it seems like usually there will be sort of a set number. Like you shake it 14 times. Right. That is a successful succussion. (laughs) Um, And then
0: you do succeeding, successful succussions. And then you secede from the experiment. (laughs) It's just too successful.
1: So then the second, the 2C process is taking one drop from that first, one in 100 drops, and putting it in the second collection of 99 drops of pure alcohol. You shake that. You take one drop from that, put it in the next 99 drops of alcohol. This sounds very time consuming. Yes. And so my question was on the chat, hey, uh, what about water? What? How much water is in there? I, I always pictured this with water. And so she said, oh, you know what? Actually, they try to minimize water. And if they have to use water, you know, they'll only go up to 30% water. Hmm. So I guess an additional 30 something drops of water. Hmm. I don't okay. know. I don't. None of this seemed like the scale I was picturing. I was yeah. picturing a much larger. Yeah, yeah, body. you're right.
0: Uh, yeah, and having one percent of the original mother be the substance
1: because you know it's yeah. harder to shake a tiny amount of something. Yeah,
0: definitely. And a
1: hundred drops just doesn't sound that much to me. Yeah. So anyway, that changed my mental image of what was going on. And she clarified that normally places that are preparing these, they have machines that do this. right? And I've always wondered, I I would actually love to visit a homeopathy facility. Oh, yeah. If anyone knows about one that's within reach of me, I would love to just see the process. Yeah, me too. Do they actually put all that effort into creating the homeopathic preparation? You know,
0: we should ask Santa Monica Homeopathic Pharmacy.
1: If we can get a tour of the factory.
0: Yeah, or like where where it is. Mm -hmm. Where do you actually get these things? Yeah. Yeah. That's our local homeopathic pharmacy. We live in LA.
1: (laughs) Oh, by the way, there is a homeopathic preparation called apis, Mm -hmm. which comes from the bee, but not the venom of the bee. Don't
0: start thinking it's the venom.
1: What, does that mean they just crush a bee?
0: Yeah, that's what it sounded like. Oh. It's from the body of the bee.
1: Okay. Well, Rude. Rena said you might want to consider that for COVID nineteen. <laughs> so we we're already we we're already getting a, a tip here.
0: I was picturing as she's explaining the dilution process and she's like, you know, really laying out the basics of homeopathy. I got this little, I don't know, butterflies in my stomach thinking, what if there's just one person on this call who's never heard this and is like <laughs> Wait, this can't be right. Because I remember the first time I heard about homeopathy. Yeah, it was a James Randi video.
1: Oh, right. And I thought you're misrepresenting yeah, this, this. This
0: can't be right. And
1: that's a straw man. They no one would say that.
0: I think I also, to my credit, like knew that no, there are some things labeled homeopathic that are just herbal, and that's true. Unfortunately, that's a mislabeling problem. Mm, true mm-hmm. homeopathy doesn't have anything in it. But obviously, Randy was right about true homeopathy, and then I went on a James Randy YouTube poll, and here I am today.
1: <laughs> One thing leads to another, <laughs> a succession of James Randy videos, <laughs> and you succumbed to the message.
0: So true. So then someone asked what became maybe my favorite question of the day. Cam? They said, okay, well, what do you do if you know that you want a certain potency, but you can only find yeah. a different one at the at your local homeopathic pharmacy?
1: Which is a good question. So what if they've gone to all the trouble to create a 200C and all you have is a 30C, but you're pretty sure you need a 100C? What do you do?
0: Well, she says, we are going to talk about that later, but basically... It would be very hard for you to do this on your own, Mm -hmm. to make your own succussion. So the general rule of thumb is whatever amount or remedy you have, even if it is the wrong remedy, go ahead and give it. Mm -hmm. Give them anything.
1: Yeah. I guess the energy body will respect that (laughs) the thought is what counts.
0: (laughs) I think, you know, I think that's right. I think it is literally the thought. So this That counts here.
1: So this might be the third law. The law of the thought is what counts.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah.
1: The law of it's the thought that counts.
0: Yeah, that's what placebo is. Placebo. It's the thought that counts.
1: Even if you tell somebody that it's placebo. No.
0: Yep. Eh, Still pretty powerful.
1: It, it, a lot of power in a gesture. So you're right. That kind of gave up the ruse. I don't know. Yeah. But oh, for sure. Yeah, don't try to like take that sugar pill we'll kind of get to that but don't you know crush it up and try to don't try to dilute it in some more water and do your own Ah, eh, that's a lot though, of work
0: though if you did same thing would happen
1: yeah oh and we'll get to another aspect that really bothers me in this uh, yeah. uh but okay
0: can't wait so okay we were talking about sugar pills so yes. just to skip to the uh punch line here so people have the right frame of mind so you do all those things you yeah you You dilute it a bajillion times. You finally come up with a substance that has zero amount of the original original medicine. Right. You take that, this final pure alcohol water concentration. Mm -hmm. You pull a little bit out of that and you put them in literal sugar pills.
1: Yeah. And I asked her later, this does come up. I said, so what are these pellets made out of? And she said... Uh, lactose or sucrose, Fancy sugar. Fancy names for sugar. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, but also it's important that you know that after twelve C, it becomes. Yes pure energy there are no more molecules of the original substance left
1: so you've taken this drop of the original substance you've put it into just you know to recap for those at home you've put it into a solution of 99 drops of pure alcohol maybe you've added some water to help preserve the alcohol not too much apparently you've shaken it okay you take one drop out of there you put it in the next bottle you do that again you take it out next bottle you do this 12 times And so she tells us at this point, she realizes that the chances of any molecule, any physical representation from the original substance, infinitesimally small. Essentially, you know, at this point, you probably don't have any of that original substance Mm -hmm. that was the original onion or bee part or snake venom.
0: Right. And if you were going to accept that no, it's still sort of in there energetically, then we would have to assume that tap water has so much like birth control, Ritalin, all these medicines people are taking.
1: Yeah. This is where we literal minded people start thinking about the implications of what you're saying. You're saying that by shaking the water, you can get it to kind of hold on to this idea and this is another term in homeopathy that we've talked about before, and she didn't come out with right away. But water has a memory. Mm-hmm. That's the idea too. And so you have to ask then. How does it maintain that memory? And why doesn't it remember everything else? Because it's kind of like that idea of Caesar's last breath. You know, every time you breathe in, there's a fair chance you get a molecule that at some point had gone through the lungs of Caesar Mm -hmm. because he breathed a lot in his lifetime. Mm -hmm. And we live in a closed system for the most part. All of our air is recycled from previous air. Mm -hmm. So that water's been around Yeah. And certainly any H2O you encounter has a very, 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 very high probability of having passed through a dinosaur gut at some point. Mm -hmm. Does it remember that?
0: (laughs) If it does, I want to interview it. Does
1: that affect my life?
0: Probably not.
1: Should I care about that?
0: I mean, it might affect your life in an evolutionary sense.
1: Other than general intellectual curiosity, does it affect me? No. Probably not. Are these
0: rhetorical? Because no.
1: Yeah, they're all rhetorical. okay. But still, I think they enter into the equation if you're making yeah. this claim.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: So I even tried to ask her that. I posed a question in the chat. Can you talk more about how the memory of the substance is preserved or stored after 12C? Because she's made it clear you want to get to these much higher numbers than 12. Mm-hmm. But already at this point, oh right, you've lost the substance. So, okay, so tell me more about how that gets stored. And she said, I'm not sure I understand the question. Can you be more specific? So I rephrased it. <laughs> I said, you were talking about how there are no molecules left after 12C, but I'm curious as to how the memory of that substance remains in the dilution.
0: How does the water do it?
1: She hadn't yet talked about water having a memory.
0: Implied parentheses, this doesn't make sense.
1: <laughs> right. Certainly not to me. And it took her a long time to to get to that answer, but she just sort of restated it. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, well, you know, it's... It's energetically there. Right. So you've taken over having a physical representation, and now you have an energetic representation of that original substance. But what about all the other things that were floating around in that water that they they do recommend using distilled water, Mm -hmm. boiled water? You know, they're trying to get fairly pure water. But any water you find that you can get your hands on has other things in it.
0: And boiling doesn't even do that much for things like lead. Doesn't it make the lead content worse?
1: Oh, interesting because that's heavy and it doesn't get boiled out. So it becomes technically more concentrated. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, again, to my mind, there's not a good explanation. But I guess the important principle of homeopathy is that we have made that handshake from physical now to energetic. And by continuing to dilute, we are only enhancing the energetic potency.
0: Okay. Well, those are certainly words a person can say.
1: Yeah. Okay. And here's where we get to something that I misunderstood, and Carrie had to set me straight on because she keeps using this term potency.
0: Oh, right.
1: And so, well, uh, who
0: can blame you? The way she's using it is very counterintuitive.
1: Yeah, I thought potency referred to like the physical scale, and then energy was on the other end of the scale. So you could either be more potent or more mm. energetic. But no, no, Which no. Which no, would no.
0: make sense with the way we've been talking about right. this.
1: Right. But yeah, think of everything as an inversion here. So as the substance gets smaller,
0: it is more potent. It
1: is more potent. Because the Hogan
0: energy Havana. is stronger.
1: Y- yes. Yes. And I remember as she was saying this, she was kind of twirling her hair and looking off to the side. Yeah, she does
0: twirl her hair a lot. (laughs) And she explained... That very important to this whole theory is Avragado's number.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, she had it written wrong on the slide.
0: Mm-hmm. Avragado. I'm looking at it. Avragado.
1: Avril Levine. <laughs> and an avocado. Avril Levine's number. Oh, yeah. With an avocado, if they had a baby, it would be Avragado's <laughs> number. Uh, so, yeah. Avogadro's number is... Is a way of kind of knowing from the mass of a substance how many molecules are in a mole of a substance. Uh, So it's a constant, 6.022 times 10 to the 23rd. Don't look at me. Something like that.
0: I don't know. My mom's allergic to avocado, so I (laughs) with a lot of it. Let's
1: make sure I don't get that wrong. Well, that's truncated a bit, 6.022, and it trails on. But yes, times 10 to the 23rd power. So that helps you do that math. That's an important number to have. But she was saying, essentially, because we know that number, using a little bit of actual empirical science we can know something about how much substance we would expect in a certain volume and they realize then that that means after a certain point you just you don't have that substance in there anymore in a homeopathic preparation
0: we dip our toe into the world of evidence and science when we feel it serves us and then we pull that foot right back out
1: yeah when it serves us uh, we love it Mm -hmm. that's good science
0: (laughs) <laughs> she also said, I loved this, she said, and because this is energy, it's not so easily understood in terms of physics, right? I was like, that's one of the primary things physics studies uh, Yeah, mm-hmm. is energy. But she said, it's, it's more understood in terms of nanophysics and nanomedicine. Mm. Okay, tell me more. Oh, that's it? Okay. So it, you just added the word nano.
1: If you wanted to use Einstein to equate matter and energy... Then you have to accept that energy is part of the realm Mm -hmm. of physics, but you are using energy in a very different way and using his use of energy, which is the accepted one, to subsidize your idiosyncratic definition of energy.
0: It would be funny to just ask her, like, what kind of scientist was Einstein? Let's see what happens.
1: Right, right. Yeah, he wasn't a metaphysicist.
0: One of my biggest frustrations during the 2016 debates was I just wanted someone to ask Trump, like, what's the capital of Michigan? Just like yeah. something super like a school child might know, a full grown adult might not know, but you should know if you are a politician.
1: Where do you find Kansas City?
0: Right. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs>
1: Kansas. Because
0: I think it would just be a fucking shit show. part of it.
1: I have fantasized about asking him on television, explain the significance of Easter. Oh, yeah. Or uh, just like like basic Bible questions. Totally. Because I don't think he'd know him.
0: Oh, there's no way. There's no way. Yeah, name.
1: Mr. Two Corinthians. (laughs)
0: Like, just
1: tell me one thing Jesus said.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: I would love to hear his answer.
0: It would probably be like, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Something like that. I, well, I
1: would accept okay, that. All right. Yeah, but I imagine it would be the Lord helps those who help themselves. Oh right, or something or like something that apoverful. sounds right, like adjacent to the Bible, but not actually mm-hmm. in it.
0: Or like some very weird summary, like <laughs> "Will you do to Bill what Jane wants because Jane wants to be treated like Bill?"
1: <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs>
0: okay, I think I know mm, where this is headed. You
1: might have heard something that sounded like it once, right. When you were. Walking Eight. past Norman Peel's <laughs>
0: right.
1: presentation or ask him, like, oh, what is your favorite miracle that Jesus performed? I mm. just bet he'd be flummoxed. Like, My own birth. Yeah. Uh, you know, the water, how he moved. The, uh, he was so powerful with water. He was great <laughs> with water. I mean.
0: And, you know, people say I'm great with water.
1: <laughs> You're right. They say
0: you put the memory in water.
1: the The answer would swirl back to him. <laughs> Anyways. Anyway. Another thing she clarified for us here was that sometimes when you're looking at a homeopathic preparation, it'll say 30C or mm-hmm. 100C, but sometimes it'll say X. All right. And that's a different scale. Mm-hmm. So, also with the Roman numerals, it just means 10, 10. which means it seems like. X is sort of like the lazier man's approach to homeopathy. That's when you only have nine drops of the pure alcohol to one drop of the substance. And then you shake that up. And then, which seems, that's ridiculous. That's so little. But you're only doing these multiples of 10 rather than multiples of 100. And so much higher numbers, I guess a 2X would be the same as 1C, I guess by that logic, 10 times 10 would be 100. That makes
0: sense, yeah. And so
1: then the way the exponentiality grows, the C is far more rapid.
0: This is where homeopathy gets really complicated. Because I have seen, on, especially on cough drops, where it'll say homeopathic, and then I turn it over, and it says this particular ingredient at 2x, which probably still leaves something in there. Mm. So they're just co-opting this term homeopathic. Right to give you actual medicine. And now you've got a whole other freaking problem.
1: Yeah, you've got to be kind of careful about that because something that we've done before and is kind of a just a common response to homeopathy is to say, hey, well, let's overdose on this. Let's take a bunch of it mm-hmm. at once just to kind of demonstrate that this isn't dangerous. But also that means it's probably not helpful either. It doesn't really do anything. And so you take a bunch of pills at the same time. But... Sometimes things are marketed as homeopathy, and they have active ingredients in them, like zinc. Mm-hmm. So definitely do read the back of yeah. the substance before you go and take a, a jarful.
0: Especially if it's in those Xs, because that means they were dealing with much smaller dilutions.
1: So that means they're less potent?
0: Less potent uh. to... Her, yes. And would more say potent, less to potent. To Yeah, more potent to the human body, but to the energy body, less.
1: <laughs> I hope that all makes sense. Now.
0: <laughs> so then we also learned about the law of resonance. That had something to do with the water. And she said, you know, the way you can understand this is if you have two tuning forks at the same frequency mm-hmm. and you put them next to each other, they stop vibrating. The vibrations cancel one another out. Had you ever heard that?
1: Okay. Well, the way I was hearing her describe this was that if you put these next to each other, they'll start to bounce off of each other and create something new uh. that was not inherent in either of them.
0: Oh, interesting. Though,
1: okay. At least within sound I mean, this is how noise-canceling headphones work. You can take a an oscillation pattern, essentially, mm-hmm. vibrational pattern, and invert it and cancel it out, essentially. Mm-hmm. So that could be part of it as well. Well,
0: but- it sent me on a YouTube rabbit hole looking oh, okay. at uh, science experiments for kids where they used tuning forks, yeah. and I ended up being a big fan of a guy. I'm going to show you his picture because he always has this goggles-based sunburn.
1: Oh, yeah. I noticed you posted the picture of this guy. Okay.
0: Anyway, that's all. But he did the experiment and it, yeah, basically you can get it to sympathetically vibrate by, you know, you hit this one and the other one responds. Oh, okay. Which is cool.
1: Yeah. All right. A lot of cool things you can do with tuning forks. Uh, Does that mean the law of resonance is true? Yes. Okay.
0: Because the energy body is the same way. Like cures like.
1: So I guess the, the important takeaway here is that By influencing energy, you can create something new.
0: Yeah, I think it's another like cures-like thing. So you're introducing into your body a thing that's on the same frequency or resonance or whatever. And instead of them both staying the same, the sum is greater than the parts. Okay. I guess. Okay. But well, we are, you know, I think we're saying the same thing over and or she's saying the same thing over, yeah. and over in different ways. So
1: the idea is uh, whatever substance you've used, it has sort of an energetic imprint and it's now going to go into your own personal energetic imprint and work with it to begin this healing process. Yes. <sighs>
0: so some people will have mild symptoms. Other people will have more severe symptoms of the same illness And she said, if you have more intense symptoms, if you're on the verge of collapse or have already collapsed, Mm -hmm. go with higher potencies, (laughs) meaning higher dilutions. No, go to a
1: doctor, please. Because
0: you need to get to that energy body. Yeah, Can you imagine someone's like collapsing in front of you? You're like, hold on. I have a hundred C's of onion.
1: (laughs) Though, wait a second. That means you would need, if it was... Oh, you go for higher potency in that case. Okay. Uh Oh,
0: goodness. (laughs) Not that the lower potency would do anything either, but yeah, Mm -hmm. higher dilution. All right. Um, And then she said, if someone is on the verge of death, they would probably need a higher potency, meaning higher dilution, to meet that disturbance that's happening on the energetic body. Someone is dying in front of you. (laughs) (laughs) And you're like, got to make sure that it's very thin homeopathy.
1: Uh, This is uh, where everybody thinks of that homeopathic ER uh, sketch that Mitchell and Webb did. We've seen this uh, many times. If you haven't seen it before, check it out. They kind of show what an emergency room would look like if all of Mm. the doctors were homeopathic. Quick, quick, get him on a drip of, you know, 100 C. Right, yeah. Something very, very dilute. Just barely touch him with it. Uh, It's good times. Good times.
0: (laughs) So, Ross, did you know that we have actually known for a long time that the memory of a substance imprints itself on alcohol and water?
1: Have we known that a long time?
0: We've known it since 2009.
1: Uh, That's not as long as I would have thought for me.
0: Well, that's when Nobel Prize winner Luc Montagnier discovered that there are electromagnetic signals, or basically nanostructures in the form of nanoparticles in ultra-diluted homeopathic remedies. So essentially, homeopathy is a nanomedicine. Okay. Okay.
1: So I'm guessing this is not what this person got their Nobel Prize for.
0: Correct. He got his Nobel Prize for co-discovering the AIDS virus, HIV.
1: Oh, hey, okay.
0: Yeah. Legit guy. And So
1: he's looking at homeopathic preparations, and he's detecting a lot of nanoparticles in them.
0: According to her telling, he discovers that there are electromagnetic signals Uh, In the water, even though the substance is gone. Had to go and look this up. Yeah. So he did publish a paper. It was a non peer reviewed paper. Okay. But it argued that bacteria can re arise in substances that were previously thought to be sterilized.
1: Oh, interesting. Okay. Which
0: probably mostly suggests a limitation in our ability Ability to
1: measure the presence of those substances or those bacteria.
0: Right. Which is important. Like, sterilization is very important. Yeah. So, So he went on to to theorize that there maybe was some sort of signal coming out of the bacteria, which is unusual. That's a strange way to look at it. There's a really good write-up by Harriet Hall on this if you want to really do a deep dive. But here's what's really great. There was a CBC reporter named Erica Johnson, who did a story about this. And she reached out to him and said, okay, but what do you think about homeopaths using your work uh, in order to promote homeopathy? And mm-hmm. he said his results could not be extrapolated to the products used in homeopathy. Okay. Done.
1: That's such a scientific response, too. <laughs> right. a very measured. All right, well, good for him.
0: Definitely. And then, of course, we heard about Dr. Ramoto's water studies.
1: But it's understandable why they would use that paper because mm-hmm. like cures like
0: Wait, okay, what does that mean?
1: So this paper sounds uh-huh. something like the claim we're making.
0: Oh, I see. And it cures, so it makes the claim go away. It
1: cures our lack of evidence.
0: <laughs> so then, of course, we heard about Dr. Imoto.
1: Oh, yes.
0: One of our favorite people.
1: She mentioned, uh, some of you may have heard about how water can be imprinted. And uh, so I wrote Dr. Emoto question <laughs> mark. And so she said, oh, someone has heard of this. Yes, Dr. Emoto. <laughs> Of course, he always has to be introduced into any of these discussions.
0: Made famous by What the Bleep Do We Know, Mm. the documentary...
1: Quote, unquote.
0: Where they talked about all sorts of New Age and occult claims. But in particular, they highlighted this this man, Masaru Emoto, who claimed that he could talk to water and then freeze it. And the water that he said nice things to would freeze into these beautiful shapes, these beautiful snowflake-like designs, and the ones that he was mean to would freeze into ugly, disgusting (laughs)
1: shapes. Yeah.
0: Very thoroughly discredited research.
1: It's just one of those ones where you think, who would believe that for a second?
0: (laughs) (laughs) It was a long pause. I believed that for a second. You tried it. Yes, I also tested it. I watched What the Bleep when I still oh, okay. believe that sort of thing. And I was like, this is amazing.
1: All right, yeah. yeah. Well, we hear it a lot. It really resonated with people.
0: Love mm, lot of resonance, yeah.
1: They really have a memory <laughs> of that experiment. And it comes up all the time in our investigations. He, he wrote the book, The Hidden Messages, And I have this long list of books that I really want to read that are kind of foundational to some Mm -hmm. of these, I would say, bad ideas. So that's one of them. Uh, also, Samuel Hahnemann's book that kind of started all of this, the Organon of Medicine. Yeah, um, I, I feel like I need to set a summer aside or something and just read a lot of these foundational texts. That'd be fun. Yeah.
0: So good news, everybody. Rena is working with a pharmacist who's putting together a 50 remedy kit for treating coronavirus with homeopathy. Phew. She recommends we all get the kit.
1: Mm-hmm, of course. Th-
0: there are remedies that have been working around the world. And it's pretty interesting because she said in the past during an outbreak, there would be like one to two remedies that work for everybody. But Mm -hmm. with this virus, there are such different symptoms in different regions. Accurate. And so there are about 25 different remedies that work on this. And she said, and that could be because it's mutating so quickly. But again, I'm like, okay, wait, it's mutating so quickly. So we're back to talking about the physical body. Right,
1: right. Now we're talking about a cause of a disease right. on the physical realm rather than just symptoms. Yeah. What's going on? Aren't the symptoms very similar? Mhm. Hmm. By the way, I will I will note anytime she would see the little chat icon light up with a new notification, she would immediately go jump on it. Oh, oh, oh yes, let me answer your question. And I asked around this time, do you ever need to clear previous imprintings of the water or alcohol? Oh, yeah. Cuz I wanted to get her to at least respond to that. She did not uh, either see that or answer that, hmm. but I did try asking again later, so we'll get to that. Oh, okay, good. Just letting it be known.
0: <laughs> um. Soon after this, we got to one of the more bummer things she said. So she said that one of the remedies that she wanted to have in the kit but wasn't able to... Oh,
1: yes.
0: (laughs) ...was homeopathic cyanide.
1: Hydrocyanide acid.
0: And she said, that works especially well for people with ancestral trauma. She said, for example, the surviving family of Holocaust victims, people with collective trauma (sighs) of genocide.
1: Damn, let's let's give them an, an infinitesimally small amount of cyanide.
0: And then, of course, she has to go on to explain, because Cause cyanide was used in World War II to gas people. Yeah,
1: yeah, we know why yeah, this we is offensive.
0: Get it? <laughs> yeah. And then she also kept using the word gypsies. It's just not, not, not the appropriate word. Oh man! And then she said, "Oh, African Americans will respond well to this as well." I was like, "Okay, so just
1: wait." Yeah, just
0: anybody who's
1: been maltreated yeah, can been be oppressed. Fixed by this because the Nazis used it.
0: Yeah. What? That don't make no sense.
1: So if you, I
0: was with you the entire time.
1: <laughs> if you're feeling put upon as a homosexual, then yes, this cyanide oh, right. is yeah. also or for you.
0: Yeah, should I be taking it?
1: Right? But well, I guess it's a similar energy. But she made it very clear that not everybody can make this. But she said, if you reach out to me, I have a provider the ine organics they can make this preparation she knows a so, guy so let me know on the side and i'll get you some side cyanide
0: yeah i really wanted the the nose sewed but it seems like you had to like meet with her like become a patient officially to get the nose sewed mm-hmm. complicated
1: she wanted to know you could handle it
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, yeah that was um i don't like that
0: so she also differentiated between taking a wet dose and a dry dose. As you might imagine, a wet dose is taken with water, but it's very counterintuitive to me which one you give. So if someone has eye fever, mm-hmm. like over 102, okay. you consider them to have a strong vital force because their body is working to fight off the pathogen. Okay. Okay. So them you give a dry dose. You force them to swallow it without water.
1: Oh, yeah, that is counterintuitive. Right? Because it seems like the person who's really hot, feverish, would be like, water.
0: Yeah, and then has like a really sticky mouth, and you don't want them to choke on anything. Right,
1: it would help it get down. Get
0: down, get down with it. But if a person has a weak vital force, so example, no fever, feeling fine, you're going to want to water dose that. Okay. So, I mean, should I just be water dosing you right now, because nothing's happening? <sighs>
1: I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> don't know yeah so you can take that capsule or that sugar pill and just put it in a bunch of water which seems like an additional succussion. yeah process but whatever
0: yeah well she also said that you can like you can take this kit and make your own homeopathy forever by just putting in water okay
1: (laughs) yes that's the thing that annoys me so (laughs) the rest of this is fine i I accept it (laughs) but the idea that you can make your homeopathic preparation let's say you're running low we'll just take a drop of that and put it in a new container of water and then you're good to go for another 10 years or whatever yeah that's uh, what she said why do we then have a homeopathic industry uh-huh why do people need to buy any of this
0: so and also why can't if it's
1: no different why do we care about the c's or the x's or uh-huh. anything
0: and how about I put it in a cup of water and I take that and I pour it in the ocean. Now everybody's got it. Right. Ends of homeopathy. Don't by, need it anymore. By the
1: same logic, right? Yeah.
0: Right? <laughs> Flush it down the toilet. You've helped the whole world. Ugh. Oh. It don't make no sense.
1: Speaking of things that don't make sense. Okay, so she was talking about how to store your homeopathy. And she said you want to keep it in a cool, dry place. Keep it away from phones Keep, oh, right. Keep it away from Wi-Fi routers. That's important. Any radiation, you know, just try to protect it as best as you can. And I'm thinking, oh, come on. Cosmic radiation at every moment is mm-hmm. interpenetrating this water of yours or the sugar pills from every direction. Yeah. It's a futile effort to protect it from that. She was also saying don't leave it out in the car or the sun. Because all of these things, if you get it exposed to too many of uh, these factors, the heat, the sun, what have you, it will antidote it. Yeah. Antidote. So she said, oh, yeah, I, I have this backpack and I keep a first aid kit. Oh, she kept saying first aid kit. (laughs) Don't call it a first aid kit because when I hear that someone has a first aid kit, I think that they're going to have some antiseptic. Mm -hmm.
0: A tourniquet.
1: Right. A a band-aid or two,
0: Mm -hmm. uh, some
1: gauze. uh,
0: Snake bite kit.
1: Maybe some aspirin or something. And you've got a bunch of homeopathy in your backpack that (laughs) you walk around with all the time. Uh, But she said, oh, yeah, I've accidentally left it out in the car and then come back and oh, it's antidoted. I have to get rid of it all and start over again.
0: But she also said going through an x-ray is supposed to antidote it, but she's had to do that a number of times at the airport, and they still work. And then she said, and trust me, I try to take it out and walk through with it, but they won't let me. And I'm picturing her like, no, 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 you don't understand.
1: It's, it's homeopathic.
0: It's my homeopathic medicine. Need- <laughs> yeah, lady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put it on through.
1: So then I asked later on, how can you tell if something's been antidoted? What if somebody hit it with a hair dryer when you weren't looking because hair dryer. A dirty motor
0: held at your head. That's
1: essentially what a hair dryer is. (laughs) Uh (laughs) And it's been antidoted. She said, oh, okay. well, usually I would say the. Easiest way to tell is to use it. And if it doesn't work, it's been antidoted. Oh. Hmm. (laughs) So if your homeopathic preparation is not even meeting your standards (laughs) for efficacy, then you could say, oh, probably got antidoted at some point. But she said she will also often use a pendulum and kind of swing it over and ask it, oh, how are you doing, Mm -hmm. homeopathic remedy? And it will then either nod yes or no.
0: That's where you really tip your hat to the fact that, oh, you really are dealing with like some pretty outside the bounds of evidence stuff.
1: Are you feeling you've gotten your $55 worth yet?
0: Nah, you know, because we aren't talking that much about COVID-19 yet.
1: Oh, good point. All right, well, let's keep going.
0: So let's. So she gave us a little preview of what we were going to talk about on Wednesday. She said, we're going to talk about prevention. Okay, sounds good. And then she said, It would really help for herd immunity for all of us to just go ahead and contract this disease because there are ways to get it without being symptomatic.
1: So she said it would be the best thing in the world if all of us just went out right now and just got Mm COVID-19. Just do it. Get it over with.
0: But don't get any symptoms. So she obviously knows part of the information, which is that you can carry it without being symptomatic. She seems to think we have control over who's going to be symptomatic Therein lies the issue, ma'am.
1: It would not be the best thing ever because, yes, everybody would then have COVID-19. Many of them would have horrible symptoms. They would need hospitalization. But, uh uh-oh, the hospital is filled with other people who are also struggling with Mm COVID-19. Many of them will be dying and more people will die, period.
0: And to be a carrier without symptoms is one of the most dangerous things you can be because no one even knows to stay away from you. Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. So she kept saying that.
0: Yeah, and then she said, there are ways to educate our bodies toward this virus while still staying healthy and not getting sick. And I was like, yeah, a fucking vaccine. When we get a fucking vaccine, it will do exactly what you just described. Mm -hmm. But we aren't there yet. Mm -hmm. And we are so freaking impatient that we're just like, there just has to be a way. We have to be able to do it right now. Right,
1: right. And because the medical establishment... Hasn't generated that yet doesn't mean that we can then rely upon proposed method that has no efficacy.
0: Yeah, you hear this so much, and it's understandable. But this, like, well, doctors didn't have any answer for me. Okay, well, that sucks. It doesn't not suck, but it also means someone who could have sold you something bogus chose not to. To be honest with you, that they didn't know the solution. That's actually like a pretty strong marker of honesty
1: right let's just be aware of our ignorance where it is feel it's very similar to to how many people uh, debate about god's existence or creationism versus evolution will go straight to well do you know exactly how (laughs) all matter was created well, no, we have some <laughs> some ideas, some theories, but yeah, we don't know exactly. Aha, well, I do. I know. <laughs> like, well, you're very confident, but that doesn't right. mean that this answer that's been passed down for generations from someone who knew next to nothing in a pre-scientific era right. doesn't mean that that is now all of a sudden the best answer because you're more sure of it.
0: And you say you know. I disagree with that, too.
1: <laughs> yeah. 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 <sighs>
0: Oh, also, you know, you asked that question about clearing imprintings on water or alcohol. Yes. So she did say that distilled water is best. Mm-hmm. She said you can boil or filter your water. But she specifically said, do not get Dasani. Oh, right. <laughs> that is not healthy water. Because that's
1: made by what? The Coca-Cola company? Yeah, or, or Pepsi, Pepsi maybe, One of those. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: Um, but Fiji water. that pretty is good. That's great. That's great for pretty, detox. Pretty, pretty. <laughs> okay. pretty good. So random.
1: This class has been brought to you by Fiji Water. (laughs) Oh, uh, another way, by the way, I I feel like I really need to warn everybody. You can also antidote your homeopathy by exposing it to essential oil.
0: Oh, yes. Which
1: is essentially (laughs) the opposite of homeopathy. It is oh, right. very highly
0: Some might say potent, potent but of course you'd be <laughs> using that wrong. Uh-huh. Okay, and then she also said that one of the ways that conventional medicine and homeopathy disagree is that conventional medicine views all viruses and bacteria as evil things we should never interact with. And while homeopathy acknowledges that there are... Eighty billion bacteria already alive inside of us. How and, did you
1: learn that homeopathy? Right,
0: and eighty billion viruses already live inside us. A no, not correct about the viruses. Uh, we, we, you do have a viral load, but it's not that. But regardless, science is very aware <laughs> that we need bacteria. That friendly bacteria are critical to survival. And that a lot of our DNA was made by viruses. No one's in the dark about this in organized science.
1: Yeah, that is not the message of science. In fact, I'm reading a really cool book right now called I Contain Multitudes. Oh, cute. The Microbes Within Us. Yeah, that's a great use of that uh, that quote, I think, is a Whitman quote. Yeah, yeah. Um, by Ed Young. And it's, it's all about how bacteria have gotten really bad rap. It talks in a very even-handed way about both the good and bad bacteria. But yeah, the mm-hmm. vast multitude are essential to our living mm-hmm. we could not live without bacteria so yeah I don't I don't know what point she thought she was making there
0: the mass of your body is about half bacteria that's right pretty wild uh, so someone did say okay so you know you've been talking about like the no sods and how introducing this into your body allows it to prepare for when it encounters the actual virus so is it a little like a vaccination <laughs> <It's> <laughs> Wrong good question question boy she just uh... I, uh, I don't want to say yes to that, and I don't want to <laughs> say no to that. Let me turn my webcam on, and then she turns on her webcam, and she's, like, rubbing her forehead, and she's, like, stressed out. She's like, oh, I don't know. Well, okay, it's it's not the same as vaccines because it's a different medical paradigm. In homeopathy, we believe the energy body is the thing being attacked by the virus, but in conventional medicine, they think sickness is in the physical body. So so they put stuff in the vaccine like, you know, heavy metals and aluminum and DNA from other animal species because they want to agitate the immune system and create an allergic response from the immune system. Very few words in that statement are so. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I never knew that. Huh. Uh, every now and then she would drop in some substance and say oh people have been using that with coronavirus clearly she has just <laughs> dozens that she thinks have been really successful why aren't they getting rid of this pandemic then like why is this mm-hmm. if this is so effective mm-hmm. why are these homeopathic doctors not getting out there and letting people get into businesses but screening them in advance and giving them brionia Which is working for, I couldn't tell if she said 15 or 50% of people with coronavirus, but, you know.
0: Oh, whoa, I missed that. Cool. Some
1: significant percentage. Uh, Another thing that she told us about homeopathy and just how to use it is to not just use it once and then shift and pivot and try something different. Give it time. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, you know, the first time it won't fully work with your energetic body, but, you know, try a second and a third and even a fourth dose. So Bo- your
0: friend collapses in front of you. <laughs> yeah. Give it time.
1: And it's still collapsed. Doesn't huh. seem like it's working. Try a
0: fourth dose.
1: And, you know, she talked a little bit about how long to wait between doses. You know, don't, <laughs> don't, don't do not don't it too often. But, yeah, essentially, if at first it doesn't succuss, try, try again.
0: If at first it doesn't work, deny the situation to yourself. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Discard that data point. She also told us that distilled vodka is good for homeopathic preparations and storing, you know, whatever energetic signature it is. And she said that alcohol really is kind of the best medium because it lasts forever; it never goes bad.
0: Oh right, I, I mean everything goes bad eventually, right? Nope, never. Hmm. Interesting.
1: And and then we got to the end of the. Actually, I think I had to go to another meeting. We were already nine minutes past. So my note stopped around here somewhere, and I pointed out, hey, sorry, I got to run, but uh, thanks for all the fish. And uh, she said, oh, that's right, we're okay, yeah, we should wrap up. But uh, there was evening, and there was morning, the first day Mm. of the class.
0: Mm -hmm. And I would tune into the video the next day. But on Wednesday, it was just me and her and two other people. Awkward. Tiny group.
1: Wow, okay, so half. Interesting. So, you know, people invested $55, presumably, to take this course. Mm -hmm. I just had obligations. I couldn't be there. But yeah, wow. Yeah, a little
0: bit of attrition. But she was also putting all of the materials in a Google folder, so it's possible people were like, Yeah, I can get it later. That's
1: true. And in fact, I'll give her credit for that, for doing a really Mm -hmm. good job of following up with all the materials, making sure everything's freely available. Well, 55 dollars available. (laughs) So, you know, kudos for that. So, yeah, next time we'll we'll get to the meat of COVID-19 response with homeopathy.
0: These two non-meat eaters will get to the meat.
1: It might be vegan meat.
0: Yeah, it should be. Well, that's it for our show.
1: Our theme music is by Brian Keith Dalton.
0: Our administrative manager is Ian Kramer.
1: Our editor is Victor Figueroa.
0: You can follow us on social media. Did you know that? You can go to Facebook.com. I know.
1: Wait, wait, where oh. on Facebook? Where? Facebook.com. On Rack. O N R A C. Like, oh
0: no, Ross and Carrie. <sighs> That's oh. what that is. Oh
1: my goodness, that makes sense. Okay. <laughs> I always wonder why you said that. Okay. Oh, look at all this. There's pictures. Yeah. There's posts. Videos. Oh, conversations. Look at that. Oh, other people America. I can connect with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is all great. Good. You never told me this was here.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've been doing this the whole time, and I've been signing on as your name and posting things. Yeah.
1: Thanks for doing that. No
0: problem. And then there's uh, Twitter, of course. Find our Twitter at Ono oh Podcast. Oh, and by the way, also we have a YouTube, and I did finally put up <laughs> the David John Oates episode fully in reverse. So you have two and a half hours to listen to of nonsense and try to pick out words.
1: We have a YouTube, and Carrie made a YouTube. Mm-hmm. So they made wanna...
0: a YouTube. Did I say that?
1: No, you oh, okay. just said we have a YouTube, and it ah. made me think of <laughs> people I've known who, you know, in their 70s have said, like, oh, I saw a YouTube the other day.
0: I like when people say we're making a viral video.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Are
0: Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's a lot of confidence.
1: And very often people will use the verb see in relation to our show. Oh, I saw your Uh, show recently. I watched it. I watched your podcast. Mm -hmm. Good. Thanks for watching, everybody.
0: Now I'm picturing everyone like holding their phones up to their faces (laughs) the whole time. (laughs) Don't want to look away. Something good's going to happen now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Now I feel like I've let them down. (laughs) The logo's staying steady, but (laughs) something's going to (sighs) happen. You can support us if you like this. If you want us to keep making this podcast, consider becoming a member at Maximum Fun at maximumfun.org/slash join or slash donate. We're gonna have some really fun incentives coming up with our Max Fun Drive. But yeah. You can even join now if if you are able and you want to help us out. Then later on, you'll find out what goodies you just earned.
0: Or support us by embroidering a pillow, sending it to your mom, mm-hmm. and the pillow says. Hey mom, how are you? I'm sorry I haven't called very much, but I think you'd really like this podcast called Ono Ross and Carrie. Love you so much, signed, and then your name.
1: Oh, I would love it so much if someone did that. <laughs> Sent us a picture. I mean, not to not to give you a project, but if you do it, <laughs> you will make my day.
0: Or leave us a positive review on iTunes. That's another way to support us. That if will also, you're like, pretty fucking lazy. Warm
1: the cockles of my heart.
0: I'll be like, where's my fucking pillow? <laughs> no, it's not true.
1: And remember. What have we got? RTA, broken arm, suspected internal injuries, severe contusions to the head. Get need to move fast. Previous solution of Arnica Montana. Stat. Strength. One part in a million. You sure? It looks serious. You're right. We need to strengthen the dose. One part in ten million. On it, Doctor. Well, got a tricky one. Nothing we can't handle. Get me some wolf spain, also known as monkshood in here. And a whole tray of flower remedies. Whoa, the chakras are fading. we need some crystals. That's me some purple tinted quartz. <laughs> You're right make that aquamarine quartz oh, cool. okay he's stabilizing now does anybody know what sort of car hit him a blue Ford mondeo, apparently right get me a bit of blue Ford one put it in water shake it dilute it shake it again dilute it again do some more shaking dilute it some more and then put three drops on his tongue if that doesn't cure him i don't know what will <laughs> I'm Jackie Cation. Hi, I'm Laurie Kilmartin. And we have a podcast called The Jackie and Laurie Show. Who are you, Laurie Kilmartin? Oh my God, so much pressure. Uh see, I'm a stand-up. I've been doing stand-up since 1987. Uh, I'm a writer for Conan. I've written a couple books, have a couple CDs out, have a special out. Who are you, Jackie? Well, I, too, am a stand-up comic since 1984, and uh, I do the road like a maniac and uh, don't have a cool writing job, but I have four albums out working on a new album. We talk about standup. We talk about uh, all the different parts of stand-up comedy. So that's the Jackie and Lori show. And you should subscribe on Maximum Fun if you want to hear that. <laughs> and I would encourage you not to. <laughs> MaximumFun.org
0: Comedy and culture. Artist owned.
1: Audience supported.